Carly Beth. 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 these late night movies with rob and zach this is a podcast about cinematic oddies where we discuss any media that is too bizarre abnormal or off kilter for contemporary audiences occasionally these projects gel most times they crash hard into the realm of obscurity join us as we delve into the cult classic swamp i'm zach no 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 who who are you you're not zach i'm carly beth you're Carly Beth, why are you breaking? I'm Sarah. Tradition? I'm Sarah. I'm Sarah Beth. That was last year. You're Carly Beth every year, other than last year. Come on, man. <laughs> we're oh all God. we're all Carly Beth over here. Hard, I, I find it genuinely hard to believe that was what three years ago was. Was the Carly Beth episode that just fundamentally altered? I don't know about you, my life. That's for sure. <laughs> It's every day, bro. Every day we're Carly Beth. Goosebumps is an everyday type of thing. No, we're here to bump some geese. We're doing our our annual Goosebumps episode. And um I I have to bring up that um, you know, clearly our astute listeners will acknowledge uh that we had some time off. Not only, you know, Zach had his hiatus, Rob has has now has his hiatus, that type of thing. But we're still back. We're still Carly Beth, right? We're still doing goosebumps. I think you said to me in a message, I don't want to take goosebumps away from you, right? Or something Damn like straight. that. Goosebumps, <laughs> as much as, oh God, back in 2018, I said, I would do goosebumps, but I wouldn't enjoy it. It is now a pillar of Monster. It's become a tradition. It's the um, it's the soft opening, as we said before, to Monstober. And um, I think now after last year... We have 18 more years to finish all of Goosebumps, I think, something like Goosebumps that. Goosebumps will never end. Good. That, that's just the best way to look at it at this point. Um, but we do have a special incurrence of our Goosebumps, annual Goosebumps episode, in that this is the first year that we are discussing one of the episodes that is not based on one of the books. And it's more monster blood. And I figured if there was nothing else that you had to say, Zach, or please, if you do have any more introductory monstober things, soft introductory, of course, we should get into more monster blood because it directly connects to when we covered monster blood last year. I, I'm I'm also very sorry that I'm pretty sure last year I said I was going to get my mom to record Holy Monster Blood, and I did not do that um, because... I want to leave her alone because she's a good woman that doesn't need to be bothered with our nonsense, that type of thing. Well, Rob, um, Rob, 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 you forgot one thing that I have to do to atone for years upon years of mistakes. Oh, which is which is 
watching Girl on the Third Floor for this year's Monstober, no, no, right? No, that's never going to happen. No, that that's exist. okay. Oh, okay. That conversation, the movie exists. The conversation doesn't exist. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm sorry about that. I mean, it's it's my favorite horror movie of all time, but Zach doesn't I, seem to I, care no, about that. So I, I mean, don't. I don't. I no, want that, that on the that record. doesn't want me to be happy as I a don't. Person. Not when it comes to Monstober. <laughs> that's Zach time. You have the entire Patreon for Rob time. But Rob, Rob, that's when funny. it comes to Goosebumps... We have to give a disclaimer. Are you are I'm you ready. are you doing my joke before I, I can even I think am. of it? You son of a bitch. Okay, you Listener son of a bitch. Listener beware. You're in for a scare. Dude, that's even in my fucking notes. It's in the <laughs> I have a notes template. I think I've told Zach this before, but I'm I'm now telling our cinema audience, of course. I have one thing, one bullet point in background on goosebumps. Listener, beware! You're in for a scare, and Zach fucking Hell beat yeah. me to it. Hell I mean, yeah, uh, it's me about years, time. I think you, I think you failed at knowing that's the disclaimer for the last three years, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's why this time I, you know, let for the uh, half a decade, I couldn't let this one go. I had to beat Rob to the punch. God damn fashion. it! I guess this is everybody. Everybody, get on board. This is going to be one of the better Goosebumps episodes because Zach is on the. F- fucking you know bored for this one that type of thing rob i am jacked to the tits to talk about goosebumps because in the last year we had a major major goosebumps revelation when it comes to the uh, the franchise Ooh, so i okay, am so okay. excited jack black who's playing rl stein again is that what you're talking about no that's the thing <laughs> no well that's rob i don't mean to hijack goosebumps away from you though but i've been i, I every single goosebumps like i think episode we've done begins with me saying why hasn't netflix rebooted this yet like Ah, again yes yes and yet back in february we got an announcement that sony is producing a new tv series and it has been ordered to series by everybody's favorite streaming service dismal plus see i don't like to think about these things but please i know no it's it's objectively a bad thing because when you read the description which we will um if you have any, even a faint passing interest in like 90s Goosebumps TV, you should just roll your eyes and be like, why are they doing this? This feels misguided. It's it's offensive. This show should not be remade. And I actually want to get into this as we discuss part two of our every, – every year we do um, two episodes and then we do a two-parter episode. This year's two-parter episode is uh, Welcome to Camp Nightmare, Season 1, Episode 5 and 6. I actually have to say, Zach, for some reason, which I am very upset about, Part 2 of this on my computer, on my hard drive, was corrupted, and I could not watch it. I needed to watch the Netflix version. I'm so sorry, Rob. And me, me I'm so see- sorry. me seeing more than two pixels on a Goosebumps episode made me want to die. <laughs> but you did not, of course, watch these in the episodes I give you. You've you no. have gone that. But the, the, you know, but like, you have forgone that, of course. Yes, of course. And and on top of me always bringing up the reboot like stories and rumors, the second hallmark I always kind of harken back to is just goosebumps vision as we affectionately call it 
16 in, pixels, of course. Yes, yeah, 16 yes. pixels. I mean, you know, you but can, you have, can okay. see the squares on the screen, sure. which is, which oh, is what makes Goosebumps Goosebumps as far as but I'm there's, concerned. I, no, like re-watching uh, – or not re – I guess watching these episodes. I did re-watch Monster Blood just so I could understand more Monster Blood even oh, more. Oh, the Sarah uh, Beth episode. Okay. Yeah, okay. Sarah Beth. I, I definitely have some questions about that, not just specifically towards you, but more a broad understanding of consuming – I don't want to say stuff in inferior quality. I like, your, just, I like your clarification there where you're like, Rob, I'm not angry at you. I'm angry at the show, basically. No, no, no I'm not even angry at the show. No, no, no. It's, it's, a, it's actually something I wouldn't even know how to define the question yet. Um, I'd okay, have to kind okay. of weirdly like dance around it and then maybe you could uh, oh God, parse through it and kind of bring it to its essence, the question. Well, uh, well, well a pixel is is defined on a screen – as something that uh, that makes the viewer view a I video, was, you know. <laughs> I was going to save this for later, but do you want me to ask the question now? Let's pull the bandit off, you know, before okay. we get into any of this shit. Because I, I, I told Zach before this, um, this is where we're doing more Monster Blood. So season two, episode fifteen, I'm pretty sure, uh, sixteen. Sorry, we're doing that because we did Monster Blood last year. Uh, our two-parter is Welcome to Camp Nightmare, which is season one, episode five and six. And then we are finally finishing up with uh, not a ghost cat, but a ghost dog. Season three, episode seven, The Barking Dog. This is the first year that I, I dislike all of these episodes. So, Zach, you, let's pull the bandit off. Let's talk about what you think about Goosebumps this year before we get into this slog of four episodes. Okay. Real quick, I have to say that none, well, none of these obviously reached the heights of Carly Beth. Camp Nightmare was kind of like goofy fun. Like, I was eating that up. Like, I have to say, I would not by any means want to revisit it, like, as in, like, a Monstober finding. But for, like, 90, I guess, I have, I guess after doing this for five years, I have some very specific thoughts on Goosebumps and why it, why it does and does not resonate. The, the, the Camp Nightmare two-parter is the best of what we're going to watch, and I oh, think hands. that's solely because it is early in Goosebumps. You know, season two, season three, the other episodes we're going to talk about, I think I think Camp Nightmare is the one that actually, you know, facets itself as a campy horror children's show, you know, type of thing. Yes, but it, it's, yes, it is campy and goofy. But this is the thing. It goes back to me trying to understand Goosebumps. In part, again, as Rob knows, uh, Monstober is a never-ending revolving door of me just pulling things out, putting things in, pulling them out. Of course. And drill, on, drill on the third floor. Of course. Of course. You know? that, which is never going to happen because <laughs> we never talked about it. Um, but th this is where as somebody who loves horror anthology movies, good horror anthology movies – um, as a kid, I never got into Goosebumps, the TV show. Obviously, there's four years worth of context of me explaining that. The show I remember, and this is something I'm kind of tempted, probably not this year, but maybe in a year or so for Monstober, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, the original rhyme. Sure, sure. And I remember, like, as a kid, I never watched that show, but the opening credits scared me as a kid. Like, it was very ominous and foreboding. And... This is the thing. Another Canadian that, production that mm -hmm. we should mention, yep. of course. Yeah, yep. absolutely. But, sure, but, sure. 
But this is the thing, though, is I know they did a revival of Are You Afraid of Dark? Well, a couple years ago, I think. Oh, it was like and it's fucking ending. horrendous. I, I've seen it. I, I have every episode ever made of Are You Afraid of the Dark on my hard drive, and um, the revival is is atrocious. It's more like Goosebumps, where the original series is more like actual Freddy Krueger slasher type of stuff, you know? Um, what's the show that we that I watched, you didn't watch, um, where Mariska Hargitay plays the Freddy's Nightmares? Freddy's, Freddy's Nightmares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more like that. It's more of an actual, like, horror thing, where every movie... Sorry, every episode doesn't rely on a twist, like I think Goosebumps tries to do. This was more just holistically scary, if that makes sense. Yes, yes. But this is the question, though. Is that, again, I've only seen one or two episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark in its totality. So, like, I can't comment on that show really in any sort of meaningful way. Have you seen the episode where the guy gets captured into the pinball machine? That's, like, one of my favorite episodes of television ever, Zach. Come on. (laughs) The point being. You haven't seen Girl on the Third Floor? Okay, I'll stop. I'm stop. Rob, I cannot (laughs) see a movie where we've never brought it up in conversation before. At this point, it's just gibberish. That's bullshit. I have I have told you for four no, years running no, that I want to discuss that in October, and Zach not goes even once. Folks, I can go back to the text message. I have I have the receipts for this. Like the first time he ever brought it up was like within the last week. So like that's a fabrication. That is not a fabrication. The best thing Zach can lot. do is show me <laughs> him putting his fingers in his ears and going la 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 la. And whenever I bring this up, <laughs> it doesn't exist. It doesn't. But anyway, though. Check out the Patreon, everybody. <laughs> the thing, this is the thing, though. With all these stupid revivals, sure, like sure. Uh, whether it be the twenty what nineteen, are you afraid of the dark? Yeah, yeah. Jack Black, Goosebumps from like twenty fifteen, what twenty nineteen? Oh, objectively horrible, absolutely. But the, 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 yeah. okay, take 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 your own personal taste out. Oh, of it. Just, just talking about it as a revival. Okay, okay. Yes, sure, as a revival sure. of. 90s horror kid shows. Mm-hmm. One thing that both of these shows have in common beyond just their overall genre is that there is a very pronounced layer of camp. Sure. And okay. Then this is the question. I'm not even, this is more of a rhetorical question. I'm asking more the audience more than I am Rob to answer this. Okay. Why is it that the moment they do any of these revivals, that is the the very first thing they literally just bleach out of the revival. Well, my thought is that they're making them for an older audience who knew them when they were younger. And I don't give any credit to the people who are doing these revivals and or reboots to give faith to the people who enjoyed them when they were younger. The Goosebumps movie with Jack Black, where Jack Black plays R.L. Stein, of course, which is one of the most horrendous decisions in filmmaking history, they don't care about the fact that people want to revisit what they saw in their childhood. I think that Nickelodeon or, you know, Toronto TV, whoever the fuck made, you know, the revival of Are You Afraid of the Dark?, They think more that, you know, oh, we need to be pessimistic and antagonistic because nobody wants to see what they saw when they were 12. They want to now see the the bothersome and and I'm using antagonistic again, but they want to see the bothersome, you know, layer of just 
how fun is it to make fun of what you saw when you were a kid? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. No, I get where you're coming from in that all this is being produced from a place of cynicism. Cynicism. Yeah, cynicism is a great word for it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, this is all just being produced because it has brand recognition, not because anybody has an interesting story or, oh, we want to pay homage to this in a way that's faithful. Yeah, but, but, but I think brand recognition in this day and age comes with, at least in the last five years, seven years or whatever, I don't know, I don't know when the, the Goosebumps movie was, that type of thing. Cynicism comes with the people making it going, well, nobody – Nobody reveres their childhood. Everybody hates their childhood, you know? And that seems to be the overarching force of, like... It's something that I've said before to Ben. I don't think I've said it to you, where these these filmmakers, these re-editors of these topics, they go, well, why would you want to relive your childhood? It made you the loser you are today. So we should harp on that when we remake these TV shows. And that is that is deeply offensive to me. Because I would like to just relive the purity of my childhood. Even though that purity was built on, you know, spooky goosebumps, terrible Twilight Zone episodes, terrible, you know, um, Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes that I got scared shitless by. But now they're like, well, no, nobody likes that. Everybody likes the fact that they were scared, and now we need to make fun of that. And that's like – that's so misguided to me. Yeah, I agree. And But this is the thing. The reason why I'm thinking about this is that like I know we've talked about this numerous times as to how all the contemporary redos have really nothing tonally similar to the OG releases. Yeah. Except yeah. as I was watching more Monster Blood, I kept thinking of I, – I, I know Rob – declares this is heresy but the moment from the goosebumps 2015 movie where it's the two lead teenage actors and like jack black is like in a shopping cart and they're like running away from the werewolf creature i'm just like oh when they're like when we have all of our kids in more monster blood and they're trying to like get past the monster blood down like the main aisle of the plane sure. the, and it's the, like the biggest can... plane in existence yes sure. yes. yes yes and it's like oh we could just, yes and it's like well what are we gonna do well we'll go through the storage bay like the uh the the the, the luggage like bins and then it's like and like the, like the bully kid like th- like self sacrifices himself and it's like oh how are we gonna defeat the monster we're just gonna throw airplane food at it because airplane food sucks and then like it's gonna fart out like everybody back into existence. I am gets, like, shocked stick. that Jerry Seinfeld did not appear. I I know in I this episode. That I know What's at least the six deal times. With airplane food. You know? mm-hmm. Yep, I I hundred percent. But that's the thing though is that this is the first time what in the five years we've been doing Goosebumps episodes that there was a moment where I'm like there was a thread to like. It's not Jack Black's fault. He's not a writer. He's not a producer. He's just an actor for hire. But Jack Black goosebumps in that it's just, oh, God, what would you even call it? Just slapstick? Slapstick, Like there's nothing scary or macabre. It's just slapstick. Yeah, I'm glad you said he's not a writer or a producer. Like he is a – a for hire type of guy, and I'm, I'm, you know, I know for a fact from behind the scenes stuff I've seen. He just does, like the director might go improv, do your Jack Black thing, you know that type of that type of stuff. He just feels that way, and I think Goosebumps the movie that's where it fails is because it's like, well, oh no, just just be Jack Black, and it's like, 
no, stop it type of thing, right? But no, but again, I it's it's a creative choice of the filmmakers and the producers to sure. just let him do his shtick. Um, and, yeah, and that's yeah, the yeah. Thing. He's an imp- like I was saying, improv type of guy. Do his shtick, improv type of thing. Absolutely. And that's the thing, though, is that like you would think Jack Black would have a hell of a time like working. Again, what's the old uh, adage that it's easier for a comedic actor to transition into dramatic than a dramatic actor into comedy? Mm-hmm. Because there's just those different wavelengths that you can get accustomed to just when you're performing. Somebody who knows somebody who knows the the uh, feelings of comedy can feel dr- dramedy as as strongly yes, as dramedy. that is, you know, that type of thing. And, and this is the thing, though, is that I don't like even looking at the description. Oh God, for the new well, the supposed description of the new Goosebumps is it's just. Why is there that reluctance to delve into the macabre? Like, and that goes for pretty much, I'd say, enter any entertainment property. Like, you look at things like whether it be OG Creep Show. I, I know Rob didn't like it when we discussed it, but like Tales from the Dark Side. Is that even for the? I know because there's a modern revival of Creep Show as well that I've watched a couple episodes of. And on all Shutter, of it is right. Yeah, on Shutter okay. yep, is yep. that all of it, whether it be like adult horror stuff or it's kitty horror stuff it all goes back to slapstick like there's very little macabre nature to everything everything just ends in somebody slipping on a banana peel and isn't that funny like like it, it all boils down to that and i just like and, and this is one of the very few times in goosebumps with more monster blood where i can point to it and just be like oh the day is safe because the monster has a tummy ache and basically farts everybody out ha 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 ha, ha. kids love farts and and it was that was the first time doing this where I'm like, I can see the germ of the idea of transitioning away from this being spooky, even if it's lowercase spooky, to it just being exclusively slapstick, but with like some special colors put on it. I don't think that, you know, of course, we're talking about Goosebumps. This was season two. So what, 96, 97 or something like that, that type of thing. But I got what you're saying about Creepshow and the evolution of, of horror. I think that maybe malignant aside, you know that there's slapstick and malignant. There oh, is no, no, there is, there is, but that that movie is played more seriously. I think a lot of more modern comp, uh, sorry, horror is played to be like, well, we know our audience is going to think we're stupid if we don't play it differently. Like, I think, I think there's a level of horror since Paranormal Activity. The, the found footage horror movies of the early 2000s, I think there's a level where horror filmmakers go, well, we have to have some comedic relief, otherwise no one's going to take us seriously, which I don't agree with. I fundamentally don't agree with that. I think horror should be full-on horror. Maybe to put this in perspective, Zach, uh, or at least you know to, to pose the question to you, I think that horror was ruined by the Wayans with scary movie movies. I think that horror has become a goofy fucking genre that if, if if people don't get that that comedy in it, they're going to dismiss it. May I take that one step further and say it wasn't please, ruined by please, scary movie? Please. It was ruined by Scream. Are you talking about Scream, the idea of explaining the horror yes, genre? Yes, Okay. The, okay, the thing yeah. is that you have it, – it, it's maybe a strain of the James Gunn thing of – it's not just kooky to have this thing in the movie. We have to then point at it and let everybody know that it's You're kooky. You're talking about the it. rocket raccoon. How funny is it that there's a talking raccoon 
where yes. Scream goes, how funny is it that we have a killer with a goofy mask and, you know, that type of thing? I don't I don't think – I think yes, of course. But I think it's the thing of, like, pointing your finger at the – it's not just simply letting the joke breathe. It's pointing at the joke. I don't like that either. I really dislike Scream as a movie. I mean, I the original Scream. We're not talking about the – the 2022 remake or you no know, no thing. og but scream i've never seen that og scream you where you have you know what um david arquette and matthew lillard explaining what a horror movie is right you know um i hate that stuff because it, it's it's diminishing the power that a a film can have because it's using those things and i i think you know that's one of the reasons that i even though Zach has not heard it, it's not been edited, but I've talked about it to Ben. That's why I hate Mike Flanagan. Mike Flanagan is a fucking hack director who is just, you know, using the basic tenets of what something should seem to be scary. And it's like, well, yeah, maybe that should be scary, but it's been ruined by people explaining it to death. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, definitely. And and, and that's part of the culture we live in, too. We've, it's the... Uh... Oh God, the snake eating itself. It's just like at some point we just keep feeding the beast by just eating our own tails. It goes back to um, um, don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice, juice in the hood. You know, it's like Ben uh, – sorry, not Ben. LaShawn, Justin, and I discussed that movie which is like made to be a, a gambit on – like Boys in the Hood, the John Singleton movies, like Poetic Justice, Higher Learning, that type of stuff. And that only came out maybe three years after those movies came out. And it's kind of like, well, are they making fun of a genre, or are they making fun of just what they saw? They're they're diminishing the effort that a genre like that can put into filmmaking, in storytelling. And that's problematic to me. I think that there there should have been a better era of, you know, black hood storytelling. I'm not saying that to be offensive. That's what they're, they're the hood movies, which is, sounds really reductive coming from me, a white man, but that's what they're called. I, I think they should have been given more time to breathe before being made fun of by the Wayans. And I think that's kind of what you're saying about the, the fact of these movies is that, you know, they weren't given the time to breathe. Is that fair? I don't want to say I, – I think it's not about breathing because I don't think there was any idea for it to even go in that direction okay, for letting okay. it breathe. It's my thing is that if you're making, again, modern revival of a children's horror TV show, mm-hmm. to me, the, probably the last good contemporary example of this, of being able to balance comedy in the macabre would be something we've been talking about doing forever – would be Courage the Cowardly Dog. Oh, sure. John Dilworth. And my question is... John Dilworth, that... the most um, avant-garde, horrific animator yes. in, in yes. the last fucking 30 years, right? <laughs> and that's the thing, though, is that if you're making a contemporary Goosebumps show, why wouldn't you look at... I don't want to say... Because John Dilworth is insane. Like, he shouldn't have been given money to make a children's show. But at the same time, why aren't you looking at Courage as your template? Tonally. Sure, sure. I also want to mention um, John Vasquez, the creator of Invader Zim. Very macabre in his animation style. Maybe not so much in storytelling like John Dilworth, but it's, it's you know, I think we're getting at the same thing. Why is that not pulled on further? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing where I just, why is it immediately go to slapstick over scary? And to the point where now we're like, there's really, again, there's nothing off-putting 
in the Goosebumps movies. There, there isn't nothing is nothing in those movies is meant to be. I don't mean off-putting, like in a uh, poor taste no, or you're, upsetting. You're right, it's more slapstick. It, it, it's made to be like, oh, Jack Comedy. Black falls over and shits himself. That, that's that's funny these days, right? Where that doesn't exist in the original Goosebumps or the original Are Afraid of the Dark, you know, that type of thing. But it's like, why is that what they're going to these days? I would say there's. I would say Goosebumps, the last two Goosebumps movies, have more in common with the Office TV show than they do the Goosebumps '90s series. Absolutely. I I honestly think that this comes up every year. I didn't even know there was a second Goosebumps movie. <laughs> I've seen the first one. That's it. And I tried to block it out of my brain. <laughs> That's the thing. I just because again, real quick, I want to I want to read the uh, press release description for the new Goosebumps show. Sure, sure. Yeah, this this is new to me. I, I have not heard this, so please enlighten me. Absolutely. All right. This is this is from the press release. Sony Jack Pictures Black Television falls down and farts no, no, and no, shits Jack out Black. a sandwich. Um, no. Oh, no. okay. Oh, I'm I'm sorry, Zach. Uh, John Favreau falls down and shits out a sandwich. That's no. The... He shits out a he shits out a, a a big whiskey. There's a difference there. <laughs> What you you know my jokes too well, Zach. Stop it, okay? All right. You know, <laughs> yeah, please. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Sony Pictures Television Studios is currently developing a new series for Disney Plus based on R.L. Stein's Goosebumps books, which follows a group of five high schoolers who unleash supernatural forces upon their town and must all work together, thanks to and in spite of their friendships, rivalries, and past with each other, in order to save it learning much about their parents' teenage secrets in the process. That is the most bland fucking description I've heard Yes, in a while, you know? And this is the fun thing, is that apparently this has been an active development since, like, oh, God, spring 2020. Just call it fucking Power Rangers if you got five kids in high school doing something, I know, I right? Know. God damn And that's it. the thing, though, is that, like, it remind. I'm not sure if you ever saw it. It's a movie called My Soul to Take. It's, it's a Wes Craven movie from, I think, 2010. It's 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 like a watered down version of the thing of the sins of the father. It's like okay. we've seen that before. Like like people have seen that before. Why not just and like and I, and I there's an interview with R.L. Stein where I guess he isn't involved with it. I guess he's just cashing a check for uh, saying created by. Sure. sure. Um, and and he says it's from what he puts that it's not going to be a, a anthology series. It's obviously going to follow through a narrative. I imagine R.L. Stein is like. A la John Carpenter, just going. I don't give a fuck. Remake my movies. I'm gonna get ten million dollars from it. Who cares? You know. <laughs> I That's can't imagine thing, no. he has he has like a strong you know connection to his property if he's making the money he's making from these adaptations, right? Well, yeah, and he even I think they they made his other book series just beyond into like a Disney Plus yeah, show. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, like so like no, he's already cashing the Disney checks, but it's it's just I. This is, I guess, the it boils down to, and again, this is posited just as much as the audience as it is to Rob, is that when they do these re, I don't want to call it revamp, I don't want to say reboot, revamps of these properties, is it are they intentionally moving away from what the original property was, or they just have a fundamental misunderstanding of what it was, and they just do everything as best, even if it's foolishly misguided. Well, I think they have to be revamping them and changing them because for some reason these studios are seeing them in a different light that 
they don't think that the original way they played on TV will work for modern audiences. All right. Fair enough. Which I think is misguided. I don't think that's appropriate. I think that, you know, more people than ever before, if they saw a Goosebumps or a um, Are You Afraid of the Dark revival that was in the same vein as those original shows, would just love it, you know? I, I mean, it would be it would be guarded as this this kind of thing of going, wow, nothing on TV is like this anymore. Well, kind of, as a TV person, I have a question to ask you. Okay. Probably the most popular horror anthology series right now is American Horror Story. Sure, sure. I've never seen an American Horror Story any season. Never seen any of them. Neither have I. I just know Sarah Paulson's in it. Yeah. Oh, okay. So <laughs> this question. Okay, to those listening, whether it be at home, the Reddit, the email, the the I don't know what social media platform are we are we on, Rob? I don't know. Grinder. Like, comment down below <laughs> and tell us. <laughs> Dude, this is Cinemati's grinder account. Um, this the is thing... this is the, I, I don't know why you and I can't get a boyfriend if we're on grinder. I what have know. we been doing wrong on grinder? Come know. on. <laughs> but the question is, is that if you've seen American Horror Story, is there a reason? Is that anything tonally similar to like obviously adult series versus children? Like I'm conceding that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is anything there similar? I don't know. I don't know. That's that's a great question, and I'm glad you posed that to the audience. I really I don't know. I want to understand it as like why is it that something like that is a if if it's as pulpy as I am led to believe it is, why is it is that not able to be translated to like a younger generation? Okay. Okay. And that considering the way that like nothing like whereas when you and I were growing up in the '90s, the 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 notion of taboos were still part of the cultural fabric of growing up. Sure. When you're a kid these days, like, and we've made this joke dozens of times, like you are handed an iPad out of the womb. And we all know, but <laughs> I, I, I've heard stories that like, by, again, just from you're people right. who have kids is that like, by the time the kids are like six or seven, like, Everything on the internet is fair game. No, you're absolutely know, Rob right, was, Mike. Rob was torrenting. Rob was torrenting in the womb. The womb. Have you, have you yes. said that? Of course. Let me just let me just posit this one, this one final question. For the same reason why we keep looking at Goosebumps and like, oh, why aren't they making this tonally similar to what the 90s series was? Mm -hmm. Is it that for children that were – oh, God, Rob, how old are you when Goosebumps was coming out? What, six years old was when you kind of really got into it, I would imagine? First season is 95. I, I didn't watch it until late 90s, so probably you're right, you're right six or six, seven. Six, seven, eight years old? Yeah. So is there a chance that in considering in today's culture we live in where taboos for children mean nothing, is there a chance that if a child wants to watch a spooky horror TV show, the parents are letting them just watch American Horror Story? And that's why there's really no demand for this because if kids want this sort of thing, they just immediately graduate to like whatever mom and dad are consuming. That is a fascinating question, but I have to push back and say maybe there is something – and this is just a thought I just had. So I'm, I have not formulated this before, and I want to get your thoughts on it. I don't know if television needs to be scary anymore in the way it did for Goosebumps or for Are You Afraid of the Dark or anything like that because – Children are so much raised by the internet, and the internet is scarier than anything that can be on TV. Fair. That is a fair point. I I, I never thought of that before, like but said, that I, is a exactly. good valid point. I just thought of that, and that might be 
the most profound thing I've thought about on this podcast because you can go watch the worst things in existence on the internet. You can literally watch a remastered version of the first plane hitting the tower. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That is a deep cut to what Rob talked about for a solid 10 minutes before we started recording. But you you understand what I'm saying is that does television need to be horrific anymore when the other outlets children are viewing and being raised by i think there is something to if say I, that if i may boil that statement sure, down to sure. its essence please is that do children need unsettling entertainment where they have unsettling entertainment oh god ten thousand fold at their fingertips you're right you're right no no i agree with that and i think this goes in um um you know i want to mention it's a line in the cable guy you know the ben stiller movie with jim carrey where he's like i was raised by the television and you and i have heard that before i think we've heard about like in the 90s or the early 2000s kids were planted in front of the television because the tv was their nanny type of thing now it's the internet and the internet is so much more breathful of just horrific sentiments that why does the TV and TV shows that kids watch need to, you know, show kids horrible things when they can watch them on the computer at a, at a tap of a touch? That, that actually is crazy to me, you know? When I think about it more, that's fucking insane to me that most people, the shit they see that ruins humans is not on tv it's on the internet right yeah no that's a that's a very fair point like you, there, there's no shortage of a uh, terrible horrible not good things on the uh computer box yeah we we uh you know i think i've said it to you i've said to ben of course on the patreon uh that's a no good don't do it you know <laughs> mm-hmm. no rob that's that's quite profound and uh i think i i have satisfied my question thanks to your answer fair Good, good call. So um, now we can talk about Girl on the Third Floor, right? You know, I've won that over from you. <laughs> Considering this is the first time you're bringing this up, I don't know what you're talking about. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's. Now that we've done this profound, you know, ex- existential discussion about what children's horror shows are, that type of thing. Um, would you like to get into the meat or the actual content of these Goosebumps episodes? Um, just I want to say my entire question was why don't children have horrible content to watch? And Rob's like, it's all horrible. Just look around you. It's on the internet, of course, of course. <laughs> it's um, it's basically it's basically the final scene of what the the original invasion of the body snatchers, and it's just uh. Are you Rob, talking about um, what what is his name? Um, the. You know no, that no, noise, no, that type no, of thing. No, 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 not not Donald Sutherland. Not Donald Sutherland. Before that, where Tim, I forget what his no. name is, the actor. He's beaten like on all like the car hoods, and he's like, "They're here, they're here." Oh yes, like, okay, yeah, yeah. That's, I know that's, what you're saying. That's what Rob's saying. <laughs> Rob's like, instead, like, it's like that's what you should be doing, Zach. It's everywhere. It's not that. It's not like instead. Of, like I'm pointing at the TV, being like, "Why isn't it here?" And Rob's like, "Because it's all around us." And that's yeah. the thing that is yeah. quite am- amusing about all that. It's all around us. You know You know what I can also say? It's not all around us. Season 2, episode 16, more monster blood. I, I just have to put this out there, and Zach is probably going to roll his eyes, that type of thing. I don't know, unless you do agree with me. One of the characters in this episode, the female flight attendant, 
distractingly beautiful. I loved her in this episode. Really? <laughs> oh my god, what a what a the green eyes, the eyeliner, like Oh, I, I call I call I call shenanigans on that. There's too many pixels to tell what color they are. Uh, she is beautiful no pixels. matter how many pixels are on the screen. No, let's talk. You sure you about... were looking at the monster blood when you saw the green eyes? You sure that just wasn't reflected in like uh, maybe you're right. I kinda think like big lumpy green goo is pretty sexy, you know. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, let's talk about more monster blood because we have to start with this. We talked about it last year with the um the Sarah Beth, not Carly Beth, the Sarah Beth, of course. This is also, which I think I mentioned earlier, but I want to reiterate, um, this is the first time in Cinemodity's Goosebumps annual episode history, More Monster Blood is not based on a book. This is one of the two episodes that are original stories, and it fucking sucks. Because it, does. it is so fucking stupid. Why would you not base it on an R.L. Stein original story? Because there's four monster bloods. There's monster blood one, two, three, and four. Why make a new one? Get the fuck out of here. So you just said it a little bit, Zach, that you, you thought this episode sucked. Um, maybe give us some more thoughts about your just your, like overall reaction to this episode. Um, it's, it's, again, it's very slapsticky. It's anything that takes place in an airplane, I'm automatically going to hate because it just makes, it's one set. Oh yeah. I mean, it's also the biggest airplane ever to exist. Of course. I mean, you know, um, the, the only thing we were missing was somebody smoking on this airplane, you know? (laughs) Well, come on, Rob. This was nineties children's entertainment. There was very strict production codes then. God, I wanted a cigarette so bad while watching this episode. They should have fed the monster (laughs) blood a pack of cigarettes. It would have been great. No, but Zach, it's airline food. What's the deal with airline food? <laughs> oh, my God. I couldn't believe they actually delved into that. Um, no, again, my big problem is that this is like a, a repeat of everything from the first Monster Blood. And sure. the problem is that whereas the first episode obviously had a lot going on just simply because you had more interesting characters, there was more novel story beats unfolding. With this, the really only interesting plot beat is oh it doesn't like airline food and it's like how are we going to defeat it and that's the thing um I, 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 oh god the flight attendant throughout the entire like what first 80 percent of the episode is just threatening the call the pilot out like at one point i'm like i, I will say i i just wanted to say real quick i i liked her because she hated children so much that, that adds no, to I her attractiveness she, i don't think she just hated children i think she didn't I, like i said there's a couple of points in more monster blood. Like, can I, can I go take one step back instead and just talk about all the episodes, Rob, you oh, chose oh, for this? No, please. Of course. We have no great, um, okay. overarching structure to our, our, our bump and geese episodes. So of course, mm-hmm. you know, so this is the thing is that watching like, again, there's been a couple of years from on Stober in, in goosebumps where I, like, I roll my eyes. It kind of just like, Oh God, like this kind of blows. And then obviously Carly Beth was like, <laughs> broke the mold. And I genuinely think Carly Beth is phenomenal. Hey, you like the girl who cried monster too. Last yeah, year. Yeah. No, no, I no I, was it that? No, that was that last year. Was that think, a couple of months? I think that was last year. Is that with the uh, super drew? No, that was two years ago. <laughs> the girl who cried monster was when the librarian ate the family, or the, oh, the family ate the librarian. Ate the, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, okay, 
the point being is that I, I again I don't know if this is this like goosebumps Stockholm syndrome, but like as I was watching all of these, I was thoroughly amused. Okay. And I okay. can't emphasize the word amused because I don't think I liked any of these. Like Carly Beth, uh, like unabashedly, I still think that's like grade A. Like oh god, like, if I could snort that, I would. Which I that's I how great fundamentally that disagree is. with you with, but I, I'm with you in this year. Th- these three episodes are garbage i don't i don't think they're garbage i find them amusing so i can't completely just throw them out because they're like okay but going back to more monster blood there was a part where i was watching this and obviously you have your 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 main kids i don't even remember their names and like they're causing all sorts of like little shenanigans on the plane and rob's a female flight attendant turns around she's like if you guys behave one more time i'm gonna and then like immediately my brain's like turn the plane around Turn the plane around. <laughs> and I'm just like laughing hysterically at like, and of course that's not the actual line of dialogue. And I'm just like, this is so goddamn hokey. My favorite line from the female flight attendant is like, you know, I will never let sperm into my womb because you kids make me hate children. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but like even her, we don't get like a, like, oh God, like what the very, very end of the episode where we have the guy in the hazmat suit, like holding like, Oh God, a um, Ghostbusters like ghost trap. He's like, here it is. Like, here's the monster blood. I need that suit. No germs, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's the thing, though. Like, like every single one of these episodes had, oh God, delightfully hokey ass moments. And that's the thing. Again, like, I don't mind comedy and horror. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I think *Malignant* a masterpiece of stupid. It's the idea (laughs) that. Slapstick in comedy is bad. I'm sorry. Slapstick in horror is bad. Sure. sure. Hokiness in horror is not bad. Hoking and it's considering that like we live in a culture now that worships like Evil Dead 2, you would think hokiness in horror would be something so popular. One and of my favorite th- things in horror is Evil Dead 2, the deer head laughing, you know? And, and Bruce and, Campbell Bruce squatting Camp- up and yeah, down. Up and down. <laughs> That's like bopping up and down. <laughs> I, I mean, I will never forget that. But you're right. You are absolutely right that, that that just feeling doesn't work in any genre other than horror. No, that's the thing. Like, and that's what I really picked up on. I wasn't sure if it was something you intentionally chose for uh, your curation of this year's uh, geese bump. Is that bump and geese? Of course, there yeah. <laughs> is so much hokiness in all this, and I think that's another layer that no one's ever tried to um, pull the strand out. Sure, sure. And that's where one thing again. There's numerous times in this that I'm just cackling at how just goddamn hokey it is, and just the air again. The flight attendant was just she's the one that like I'd say was the most pronounced hokey because it's this oh god, it's such a goofy scenario. You have this like man eating goo on the plane, <laughs> basically yeah, a glorified yeah. a glorified version of the blob, as in like a concept from like fifty schlock horror Which movies. We still haven't got to. There's a Goosebumps episode and book called the blob that ate everything yes. so we still have not gotten to that but i was thinking about it Many, for sure. there's, there's a decade and a half still more to get to in goosebumps yep and yet you have this flight attendant character and the actress for whatever reason whether it be the script or the direction is playing it so straight and i'm just like yes i want more of this and and that's even what happens a lot even in camp nightmare where everybody is just playing it so straight 
and I miss that. And that's the thing we were getting going back to even earlier that notion sure. of of it's the the scream and or James Gunn phenomena of we can't let the stupid stuff ever just be stupid and just ignore how stupid it is. Well, I want to. I actually want to ask you of the f- four episodes. Of course, one is a two. We always do a two parter. You know that type of thing. Was Camp Nightmare your favorite of this of this year's Goosebump selection? I would I would say yes. Okay. Because there's so much kind of like oh god, just peculiar stuff going on, especially cuz the last 5 to 6 minutes of the barking ghost dog is is insanity. Like it's legit insanity. I don't know how you how you are going to reference that. The fact that the twist at the end of this episode is that they're not on earth. That's demented. It is. This is the thing, though. This goes back to, like, escalating scales of insanity. Okay. Is that if when you're watching Ghost Barking Dog for, the for like, <laughs> the 15 minutes – because what is that, 21 minutes long, give or take? Uh, it, uh, both episodes are 22 minutes, of course, without trailers, probably 20, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. So, so the thing is that, like – so think about that. For uh, Barking Ghost Dog, for 15, 16 minutes, it's just typical goosebumps. Oh, am I crazy? Maybe I'm not crazy. Let me go recruit the neighborhood girl that's like eight inches taller than me to sit there and help me solve this mystery. <laughs> and then – and for the most part, it's played rather – like I would say there's really nothing out of sorts for the first 16 minutes of that episode. And then out of nowhere, we sit there like get them falling down the rabbit hole and like these two dogs are like, oi, you mateys. We gonna swap souls with you. And the next thing we know, we have like two dogs with horrible voiceover of the children actors. This is where I'm giving you the juxtaposition of insanity is the thing of that last, again, for the last five minutes of the Barking Ghost Dog, it just like, it's just like a typical Goosebumps mystery episode. Sure. And then it's children voiceover of dogs chasing tails, them like comically having the dogs like look up on the windowsill is you have the children like with like oh god ash on their face and their like hair all frazzled and they're just like like talking like shanty sea pirates but i think they're clearly missing the point that they talk like this the whole time you know (laughs) yes yes they they have christian bell batman voice (laughs) yes and then like out of nowhere you just have the dog characters which are supposed to be the children be like I want chicken salad. No, I want a chicken drumstick. And they just like charge into the house that has a dog door, even though the family does not have a dog at all. And it's just like, and they start just eating food. Everybody starts freaking out. Like the father picks up a broom and starts just comically hitting them with a broom. And I'm just like, what the hell is happening? Poking like, them. Where this- let's, let's be clear. He's not hitting them with the broom. He's poking them with the broom. Swatting like- them. So well, let's meet in the middle. No, Swatting no, it, it it is it is the bare minimum you have to do to not get yelled at by PETA or the ASPCA yeah. type of thing. <laughs> it's lightly brushing, lightly brushing. I like that. <laughs> and so that happens, and then like out of nowhere, the dogs just run out, of, like oh god, run out of the house. And for some reason, like you have like the older brother character being like, yeah, let's take them to the pound and have them axed. And like the shanty sea pirates, like in the children's bodies, are like what? Put and the kids sleep. Like, yep. <laughs> yes. Then like the kid like does like the slit no, like neck like mime action, 
And like then it's like, oh, let's we like then like out of nowhere you have this like oh god, what'd you even call it? Tangent of a plot of like, oh, we have to capture these dogs before they get away. And then ten seconds later, they've trapped the shanty sea pirates again, like down the rabbit's hole. And it's like, well, I'm glad that's over. Then the brother comes out and then we have like stock footage of a chipmunk with the actor's voice over it. Oh my God. It is. It's like, what? I'm, I'm so glad you bring this up, dude. That is a different camera filming that I chipmunk. I know it's stock footage. It's, it's stock so footage. bad. <laughs> I know, but this is the thing though. This is where I want to get back just real quick. Okay. okay. To a uh, camp nightmare. And that Cam Nightmare throughout those two parts is like – think of it as like, like very shallow steps, just working your way up, just sure. working your way up to that classic Goosebumps just third act, 11th hour plot twist. Yeah. Whereas yeah. – but whereas the Barking Ghost Dog, that plot twist literally comes like 75 minutes into the narrative. And it makes it so much more jarring. Like I'm not going to lie to you. Like the whole idea, like the final twist of Camp Nightmare being, nope, this is a completely different planet this entire time. That's insane. Like 100%. Demented. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. But at that point, so many other weird things have happened, both unintentional and intentional to the script. It's not as like whiplash inducing. Totally. It's not as tonally inconsistent as the brother is a chipmunk type of thing. Yes. Okay. And okay. That's fair. I understand what you're saying. That's fair. It's whiplash. And like I said, both are bonkers, but I think one is just so much more just, it jerks you forward than back that you're just like, what the hell just happened? Sure. But no, can't that between the three story arcs, Oh, Camp Nightmare is the one where I'm just looking at this. I'm like, what is happening? Like the whole fact that like in the first third of – oh, no, I'm not sorry, first third. But like in the first, what, five minutes of Camp Nightmare, you get introduced to this girl character and she more or less just disappears for the entire story into the last 35 seconds. I want to talk about that. Um, Camp Nightmare, which is one of the earliest episodes of Goosebumps we've ever done. The reason that I chose it and curated it for this, um, this, this year of Goosebumps is because we have now gotten on the um, – tradition of just going in order at the start so like we did you know season one episode one and two haunted mask three years ago and then we did uh the girl who cried monster which is season uh season one episode four or whatever you know now we're doing five and six that type of thing this episode introduces a woman and then goes i swear to god if a woman shows her face i will kill her in this movie like Mm -hmm. whoever directed season one episode five and six was like females in my movie that type of thing (laughs) speaking of females and and this is another question for goosebumps at large that hopefully you can answer okay okay why is it almost and this has to this has definitely happened at least every monster where we discuss goosebumps. Sure. Why is it that it's a male protagonist that's like five foot, and then there's a female <laughs> protagonist that shows up about a third of the way through the story, and she's six inches taller than him. I. That's like every goosebumps segment. No, you you are absolutely correct, and um, this is one of the first years that I've actually really felt this way. Is that in every goosebumps episodes we've ever talked about on this podcast there is a female lead character in the book that is completely written out of the tv show i think that fox kids 
I'm not saying they're sexist. I'm not saying they 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 wrote out female characters because of sexist reasons. I think that they were a try they were trying to appeal to boys. Do I think that's good? No, because I think that female characters are some of my favorite characters. I I still to this day I really dislike the fact that um when I when I discussed in our Southland Tales episode that Zach you were not a part of that I disliked one of the female characters, Ben said, well, you just hate female characters. And I'm very upset about that because I, I love female characters. I so think Rob's best friends are female characters. I, uh, that's all I want is a lady <laughs> in my life, bro. I'm trying, man. Okay. You know, no, but, uh, but I do think there is a level of Fox kids who, who, you know, made this show and produced this show. And that's where it aired. I think that they, for some reason were like, well, we need just boy. And, I don't fundamentally agree with that, but I do think that was what happened. Does that make sense? But if that's the case, though, then why is it that every episode begins with a male protagonist in a new city, town, locale, and then within three minutes, there's a female female protagonist that's there to be his shepherd into this new locale? Doesn't that— Go into what I was saying about how they just they need male characters to be the lead type of thing. No, but that's the thing. Yes, the male character is on paper the lead. Sure, but then you have a female character show up that is there to inform, teach, and enlighten the male protagonist. That might be what you pick up when you watch this. I don't think that is fully purviewed through the entirety of Goosebumps. I just this is the thing though. It became to a point where think about it. This is what happened in every single one of these episodes. That is what happens, except for maybe Camp Nightmare because that character just kind of disappears after the first like you're not, four minutes. You're, you're actually are right about this with the more Monster Blood, with even last year's Monster Blood that we watched, you know that type of thing. But that comes across to me now that you bring it up in that way. That comes across to me as the people who made Goosebumps on Fox Kids going, "Well, we need a vagina." There, there's never, there's never a focus on the females in Goosebumps. No, they're not the. Fo- but this is the thing, though. They are not the focus, but they are always the one that enlightens the male character. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. But please continue to expand. But no, like, like I said, like obviously you have the much more comprehensive understanding of Goosebumps than I do. It's just it seems like like oh every God, single everybody Zach Zach just gave me props for something. Holy yes. shit. Oh my god, hey my man, hands bro- are bro- shaking. A broken <laughs> clock is right twice a day. Okay. Um, okay, even a blind pig finds a finds an acorn or whatever the fuck my dad <laughs> says, you know. <laughs> um, but no, like it's just it, it there's after watching so much of this now there's a very like even the uh, I, I oh god I think it was in my introductory Goosebumps context from 2018 the Curse of the Werewolf like it's the same thing there male character shows up in new house new locale because the parents are doing something shady sure sure and female female character walks in to explain to him the the rules of that town I get what you're saying but I don't. I don't think I agree with you in the sense that they are the female characters are held in such high regard, even though they might be characterized or carrying such a teacher like aptitude. I think that they are still portrayed as stupid and and useless type of thing. 
Well, no, I don't think that again, like I said, I, I, I do not have the comprehensive understanding of Goosebumps, so I don't want to sit there and go too far. But no, it just it feels like there's a very specific rhythm to all this. That's fair, that's fair. I understand where you're coming from. I I have not watched Go- well, even though I watch Goosebumps every fucking year, you know, I, I, I usually just watch it to be a, have a fun time type of thing. I think it's this year and last year where I'm really more thinking about the female characters, which is different for me. But I don't believe that, you know, the female characters portray a lesson or a teaching lesson in the way that you're describing them. If that's if that, makes I don't think sense. it's okay. It, I don't think it's teaching as in like learning a lesson. It's that they are exposition dumping. Ooh, okay, okay. That 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 might be more fair. That might be more fair that they um are somehow relegated. They're Christopher to... Nolan. They're Christopher <laughs> Nolan. No, I don't. I I have never seen a Goosebumps female character with a giant watch on her hand. Okay, that that's what Christopher Nolan wants. He wants clocks and time with his female characters right <laughs> but that's like i said but this is the thing where i find oh god not and I, again speaking of just hokey and cackling when in my um oh god barking ghost dog we sit there have fergie and like i think it's our male protagonist is like fergie and, she, and he, oh god she's like yeah just like the duchess of york and the whole time, like, I just wish there'd be, like, a needle drop of every time you come around my London, London Bridge, want to go down, like, and, like, it just, like, for some reason, like, I could not get that song out of my head for the rest of the time watching this. Every time they say her name, and for the rest of the episode, every time they say her name, it's exclaimed. Dude, I did I did the, sim- the same thing, but with Pump It from the Black Eyed Peas when she called herself <laughs> Fergie. Because Pump It, of course, I, I love Frank Lawrence, the... The guy who directed fucking Constantine and I Am Legend, and who also very sadly um, abused elephants in Water for Elephants, you know that type of thing. Can we talk about Fergie for a, for a hot minute? I've never seen a person be so ninety percent nose. This is my question though: is, is somebody who obviously was a teenager in the mid two thousands, you remember just how popular of a sex symbol Fergie was, oh. whether it be tabloids, the internet, TMZ culture. You remember that, right? Of course, not only just her solo stuff, but in Pump It. Okay, so when that was all happening, I could never figure out why people found Fergie attractive. I'm like, she has a nice body, but she's a definition of a butterface. Absolutely. I'm just like... You took the words out of my mouth, Zach. <laughs> so I just want to say, just real quick, like just putting kind of a pin on my Hergie, uh, Fergie history, is that I remember it was a Daniel Tosh stand-up special where he makes the comment. I don't know when it was recorded. I've been like 2011. So like when they were doing the, um, I forget what album it was called. Oh, God, uh, not Boom Boom Pow. What was the one after that? I forget. They're the 2011 album. Okay, okay. And so I remember him making, like, a joke being like, man, oh, God, the cameras focus on Fergie's face for more than two seconds and record sales drop immediately. (laughs) And I'm just like. (laughs) That is hilarious <laughs> and it's like and like he make again he goes on and on like obviously but yeah, like, D- like daniel toss doesn't know when to end a joke i think we should also say you know of course you know? well that's part of it like his bit but like i in like at that moment i felt catharsis i'm like it's not just me i'm like have we been living a sham for the last like seven years in the culture 
Like ever ever since ever 100%. since Elefunk. I I mean I I would say Fergie is like dollar store discount Nicole Scherzer. You know. I I guess so because like again what I wouldn't say. Nicole Scherzinger, Scherzinger, I would say Gwen Stefani. Ooh, I don't know. Gwen Stefani actually has music chops, which is where I. But that's what I mean, though. I that's separate what I'm saying. them. It's, it's bargain yeah. bin Gwen Stefani. Yeah, that's fair. I guess why I said discount Nicole Scherzinger is because I don't think either Fergie or Nicole Scherzinger have like good music chops. You know. I guess. I guess. Fair enough. Taking it back to. Um, the goosebumps type of stuff. I I think that there is too much focus in Barking Ghost. I think there's too much focus on our actors that are not good actors. Well, yeah, like that. That, that is a very hokey episode. Maybe that's the the false, you know, tension of Goosebumps in general. But just want to talk about that more because we are hitting this episode, you know. <laughs> Well, no, like I, that. I would say out of all of these, oh god, barking ghost dog is just it. it it's a very peculiar premise. Like more monster blood, you just rinse, lather, repeat monster blood, but on a plane. Sure. And sure. and then obviously camp nightmares, just the idea of just that isolation of being at camp and just weird peculiar stuff is happening. I, I maybe let let's take it back. I would like to know what you think because I think we've been jumping around a lot in these in this discussion. I picked a lot of bad episodes, you know, these are the episodes that I fall asleep to and go like, oh yeah, I watched it, you know, that type of thing. We we talked a lot about more Monster Blood, but we shouldn't talk about that more because that's the episode that's not based on a book. Cam Nightmare, I thoroughly enjoy is just hokey nonsense. Uh, I was never bored. I was thoroughly engaged throughout you're, the you're entire... A se- you're a season one type of, type of guy for... Every every episode that you like on Goosebumps is season one, okay? <laughs> that goes for anything, because season one is it's most pure, and had, no one's been able, again. It was somebody shooting from the hip with with an idea. That's fair, That's and fair. didn't have a chance to be kind of uh, oh god messed with. No, like I said, I, to this day, I know Rob hates this. Carly Beth is a goddamn masterpiece because it's like everything you could possibly want. Would you say that the only thing you don't like better about Welcome to Camp Nightmare is that there's no R.L. Stein a la Alfred Hitchcock introduction to it? Is that the thing you have a problem with? It would be great if he – no, 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 no. no. I, okay, I, I get the joke, hardy har har, but – if R.L. Stein introduced these, like I guess I think it adds a layer of gravitas to it. Maybe it's again, it's the combination of the Alfred Hitchcock slash Rod Serling effect. Only happened twice. Only happened twice, and we've watched both of those episodes. So, mm-hmm. but think about Camp Can't Nightmare. Can't give you any more than that, Zach. <laughs> I will say though is that there is something about Camp Nightmare that feels more visceral and not as polished as. Other episodes of Goosebumps, more specifically, obviously, the barking ghost dog and uh, more monster blood. I hated the characters in Camp Nightmare. I hated Uncle Al. But, like, I'm with you. Welcome to Camp Nightmare is my favorite because it actually has, like, a feeling of being, I think, like you said earlier, a uh, are you afraid of the dark era to it. Well, yeah, it's got that feeling of foreboding throughout the episode. Yes, foreboding is a great way to put it, yeah. Yeah, like, again, and I think that's 
that's all I want from Goosebumps. If Goosebumps can give me that, that's all I need. And that goes back even to the 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 God, the infamous first episode of Goosebumps I watched back in high school, back in 2008 on Cartoon Network, where it ends of the first part of The Curse of the Werewolf with, like, the guy in, like, the Halloween mask, like, pawing it, like, the window with the gates on it. Like, that's great. That's all I want. I just want foreboding and macabre, like, spooky stuff. That's all I want. And the thing is, is that, like you said, like, obviously Camp Nightmare ends with somebody, like, handling an animatronic werewolf. (laughs) And that's funny. But the thing is that, like, as you're watching that entire two-part episode, you you know that whatever the hell this thing is they keep alluding to is some sort of contraption. You just get that vibe as an adult, not as a kid, but as an adult watching this. Well, that also adds to the the, the element that I think something early Goosebumps, like season one and season two, they are more akin to a, like, we're going to make a twist at the end of a Twilight Zone episode, where I think later episodes don't do that. Well, yeah, because after a while, you can't – again, you also can't do that trick every single time because then it just stops working because people start looking for it. Um, No, but even like if you were to take out the twist at the end that like, oh, like we're going to ER next week. Even if you take that out, I still think this would be my favorite of the lot because there's so many just peculiar things that are happening. Like the whole idea of, um, oh, God, the, the camp counselor with the stupid haircut. And in like his antagonistic relationship with you're our t- main you're character, about Larry. The, yes. the, the Oh my god! I don't understand why his agent ever let him have that haircut. It is fucking horrendous. <laughs> but Rob, it's it's but again, it's the Backstreet Boys haircut. Like that's Nick Carter. Oh, okay. Maybe that's something I did not realize. I, I have not looked at Backstreet Boys. Um, well, I'm not in saying specific. Time. I'm not saying it's no, exclusive. No, no, but like, I, I, if you, you go look. Saying... It conjures up a very – it's 90s, like, boy band haircut. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it is like, you know, what's your haircut? Bangs. That's my haircut. That type of thing. And it's fucking atrocious. <laughs> but that's – like I said, it's that sort of aesthetic and stuff that – oh, God. Like, it, it's it's what makes this resonate in a way that's greater than the sum of its parts. I think I'm just getting – as I think about, you know, the the previous years of this, that um, there is something special to you about the first season of Goosebumps. And it's not just what you're saying now. It's not what you said last year when we talked about, um, you know, the girl who cried monster, that type of thing. It's not what you said five years ago about, you know, um, the haunted mask. There, There's just an just a motif and an era of kids horror shows that you have such an appreciation for and i'm not saying this in a negative way i'm saying this to to appreciate you zach it's just kind of like you love this stuff and i'm so glad i get to bring it to you because of course we like to joke that um of of course i want to talk about goosebumps every year and you go i'll talk about it but i won't like it and it turns out most of the time you do like it I will say there have been clunkers, though. Like, that's the thing, too, is that you got lucky because Carly Beth is pay dirt. And that – I think <laughs> if Carly Beth didn't happen, I think I would hold this still against you because Carly Beth was such a slam dunk. Yeah, we somehow created uh, – you created a um, 
an Eminem X Carly Beth Goosebumps, you know, sound yes. bite that uh, yes. we, that will be the opening to this episode because it's the opening to every but year this is, of okay. Goosebumps. But, but this is the thing that like, you kind of like you, you lose track of the insane. Again, it's the, losing the forest through the trees sure. is that think about that. Like the reason why it's not just simply with Carly Beth, like we became enamored with that just because of just. Again, at one point, she literally, like, her Halloween costume is just legit a scary mask with her little, like, overalls and, like, a black cape. Like, it's so strange. Um, and then, like, they literally say her name every 30 seconds. Well, we – I think you were getting into this with the, with the black cape thing. But, you know, when – in the back half of that episode when she talks like this, you know, you loved that, you know? Oh, every, everything about the episode is just – the thing is – and this goes back to, like, whether – again – it's the hokiness of it all. Like it goes back to my appreciation yeah, yeah. of the Lone Ranger. It's that like I love it when big budget productions just do horrendously just stupid things Gore that are easily avoidable. Stop it! <laughs> oh my god! Like I said, I, I just like you it love Andrew Stanton and Gore Verbinski. Okay, come on. <laughs> I don't know about that. Like I don't like Andrew Stanton. I really you love don't. John like Carter. Don't you? I appreciate. I appreciate John Carter for That's being the only like movie a, he's like, ever a made, quarter... right? <laughs> oh god, that and stupid animated fish movies. Uh, yeah, we're we're gonna ignore his animated movies, okay? <laughs> I mean, uh, you know me, I love animation. Andrew Stanton deserves to die because of his an, an, his fucking oh, animated god. movies. Goddamn animated fish movies. No, like I said, Carly Beth. I haven't watched Carly Beth in a couple of years, so I probably should revisit that. But Carly Beth is everything i like, like i said even the whole thing like we have her like awkwardly steal the mask and like r- like throw money like at the like the <laughs> shop owner and run out of the store okay that's funny like, i forgot so, about that that's it's funny. so clunky like the thing is that it's not just simply like macabre in nature at one point like doesn't she like tell children she's gonna like swallow their souls like it's so weird like she even like what goes around <laughs> to like a couple of kids at the mother like i'm gonna call the cops on you and it's like what is happening give me right a candy now? i'll swallow your soul i'll swallow your soul yeah <laughs> exactly that happens like that legit happens and nobody said no and i love that and, and nobody, that's why nobody said no that's fair much like the twilight zone and see what happened there like like go talk to uh god vic morrow and see what happens when nobody says no um that's the thing and and, and carly beth is just pure uncut insanity <laughs> in every sense of the word if i could snort that i would i've said it before i'll say it again that's, that's all i want from goosebumps if i get one carly beth level moment in any goosebumps episode i'm happy i got that in camp nightmare i got that at the end of barking ghost dog where we legit get b-roll of a chipmunk from like a nature documentary made probably that 30 so years before stupid. this no, I know. that is so stupid. I hate Rob, that episode. <laughs> Rob, they use B-roll from like a 60s nature documentary. That's how cheap they were. Okay, okay. I'm glad you are in agreement that that is – it is clear from the it's camera hunky. like style, the way it's shot, is that it's it's not from that episode. <laughs> no, it's clear. But this is – okay, but look at it this way, Rob. This is what? The third season of Goosebumps at this point? If sure, they wanted sure. to film a chipmunk eating a seed for a scene, <laughs> they could have very easily paid an animal trainer like two grand and they could have done that. Instead, they went and found the most janky ass 
nature documentary and like i don't even think it's a documentary it feels like oh god like tech show like oh god like instructional video like it doesn't feel like organic like it feels like it's some sort of tech demonstration i I am shocked i think it is also very texturalized that you are not hearing god what's his name warner hertzberg talking about this fucking chipmunk at the end of this episode Oh, 100%. It's janky as hell, man. It's janky as hell, and I have to appreciate it for that. I'm so glad you do appreciate it. That's all I care about. I do. I I like that you want. Maybe not want. That might be wrong. That you appreciate when we do goosebumps every year. <laughs> I do not. I at this point, I've gotten to a point of goosebumps for the fifth year now, where I do not question it. I just go with it. Only 18 years left, bro. We do four episodes every year. We all got 18 years left. I just look forward to it. Because this is, this, is, this is the light at the end of the tunnel that I'm really looking forward to. At some point in these 18 years, new Goosebumps will come out. And it will have to debut sometime like in September, October. Take your fucking tongue and cut it off. <laughs> do not cut. say there's going to be new, goosebumps. Be new goosebumps. No, there is. No, there is. No. My my brain knows uh, you're right, but I, I don't want it to and be I right. I want your soul to hurt. Like, okay, can I please just real quick? <laughs> I want can your I please, soul to hurt. The expression is misery loves company. And I'm gonna give I'm gonna characterize this for both Rob and the audience at home something right now while I don't have to feel. And this is the example I'm using. It's, uh, Rachel, who was on the Candyman episode last year, still hasn't watched the director's cut for us. One of her favorite film franchises of all time is Indiana Jones, to a point where she does not even remember there being an Indiana Jones trilogy. In her mind, it's always been four films. That's just how it's always been. And if anybody knows their film stuff, next year there's an Indiana Jones 5 coming out. No, I, di- I disagree with that fundamentally <laughs> well I, I also disagree with it but unfortunately it's the reality of the situation I mean Harrison Ford is 95 years yes. old now when we were in when we were in high school together and that movie was coming out our joke was oh the next film's gonna be called Indiana Jones in the nursing home <laughs> that's good that's funny I like that so I keep telling Rachel I can't wait for when Indiana Jones 5 comes out and they completely ruin it for her. Do you remember that in the first Indiana Jones, there is a girl in his class who blinks her eyes and she has. It says, fuck me. It says that. It says that. She actually wrote F U C K. Now, the second I wrote thing in the first Indiana Jones movie. I know. I know. Like the idea of like. Oh God! A student-teacher relationship is like on full display, and nobody questioned it. In what? How old was that movie now? <sighs> Fucking over one of forty the reasons years. I became a teacher. Nobody ever wanted <laughs> to fuck me. God damn it! You know, Rob just wanted the free apple. That—that's the reason I why he became a wanted, teacher. I never got an apple. In my fucking class. I just want to... But the point being, bringing this back to Disney Goosebumps, that was a weird tangent, is that I can't wait for when that inevitably comes out and I can just watch that Disney Plus show, which we all know. Like, we talked about it for how many years now. Sure, Disney sure. is the ba- yeah, is the yeah. uh, the root of all evil. And Disney's just going to disembowel Goosebumps even further. Like, if you think what Jack Black did was bad... They're going to disembowel it even further. And I'm going to see while that's happening and Rob is like breathing in agony. I'm just going to be over here just like snorting it up, just being like more, 
Like, I want more of this. I want to see him suffer. I want to drag him over the hot coals of nostalgia. Here, here is my real question, which I don't think we've ever posited before or I've ever posited on Goosebumps-related material. Don't you think Goosebumps revamped is going to be in the same vein as Dennis Farina replacing Robert Stack on, on Unsolved Mysteries? That they're going to remake the same stories, but put it under a different guise of storytelling. And I know you dislike Robert, uh, sorry, uh, Dennis Farina. Don't you think that's how they're going to redo Goosebumps? No, because at least Dennis Farina Unsolved Mysteries had some of the segments plugged in. There were those original strands of DNA present in that. I don't know how you can even think that. I, that that just seems so obvious no, to no, me that no, they, they will they, handle it that way. They no, no, no. Dan's Farina Unsolved Mysteries is a mess. Like no, no bueno. Oh, no, it, it's, no, it's one of the worst things to ever yes. exist. Period. But you know? but it still had those strands of just the original product that they cherry picked and just plopped in there why do you think they're not going to do that for goosebumps because they don't like it's the same reason why they didn't do it for jack black they their arrogance in my opinion their arrogance is just these like it's it's the netflix trough it's just mm. this people will eat slop as long as you slap it's it's the star wars thing whether it be with obi-wan kenobi or whatever it's that these stupid idiots will buy whatever we sell them because the logo's on it, even if it's just slop in a trough. But with you saying that, it makes me think, why do you not think, which I already asked you, and, and you don't have to reiterate or restate your answer, that makes me think they will do it for Goosebumps, that they are going to go back to the same trough that happened when R.L. Stein made these shows in the 90s. That they're going to just have a new narrator to rehash it's the shows an of Goosebumps. This is this is an anthology. It's gonna be it's gonna be Stranger Things called Goosebumps. It's gonna be it's gonna be a bunch of teenagers, pro, and it's gonna be it's gonna be Stranger Things, but called Goosebumps. That's what it's going to be. It's possible they could do a narrator, but it's. I don't think it's going to be. Like I said, I think it's going to be Disney trying to make their own Stranger Things. I don't know. I I get. I guess we have both. We have differing opinions on this, and I would love to see how it turns out. Of course, because it's going to suck regardless. No, yeah, I, I was about to say the same thing. Is that we're both wrong at the end of the day. <laughs> I can't not stand it. I don't want. Well, they also, but they also remade Unsolved Mysteries for what was it, Netflix, and they completely re they they got right rid of a narrator. Oh, it's it's like yeah. a glorified uh, version of something you would see on Investigation Discovery. I've now. only seen the it's first five episode. random segments. It is, and it's it just is true crime, detrimentally horrendous. How bad the first episode? I don't. Know. Um, I guess it, I don't even think it's bad. It's just homogenized. It's like everything else. Like there's no reason to get upset about it. Like homogenized is what makes it bad. I, I don't want to well, yeah, watch well, an the thing. episode they, they, that they doesn't have the, the, like everything else. the strong arm of a narrator. You know, no bueno, no bueno, no bueno. All I have all these. Okay, I want you to tell me. In each of these Goosebumps story arcs, I guess I'm just gonna put Camp Nightmare into its own kind of like 
contain. Like, sure, we're talking about uh, the three we have on this yes. on this episode. In sure, each sure. in each segment story, which is the cra- in in Camp Nightmare? What do you think is the craziest moment in that story? Well, Camp Nightmare, the the twist that they're not on Earth is demented. I fundamentally believe that because that's not in the book. Um, and that's just how's the book end? Wild. So the book ends where it turns out that Saber is a robot, and um, it, the book ends by saying that you know our characters have been they're they're also used for like military reasons, which happens in the book, but like or happens in the episode, I should say. Um, but like Saber the werewolf is a robot that was made to create like better military warriors. Earth as a fucking different planet does not happen. What is the plot to Camp Nightmare via the book? Oh, uh, very similar. The Camp Nightmare story is that it is still a test for our main character. Is it like an Ender's game? Like he's like doing this, like because he like this is something toward a eventual goal. Or? Ender's game, Starship Troopers of like you know we need you to be a better warrior to fight this this race type of thing, which is not present in the TV adaptation. No, the the TV adaptation has the whole army thing at the end, but then is also undercut by the fact that it's like, and then you're gonna go to Earth. That whole demented ordeal <laughs> so for 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 more monster blood what is the craziest moment in that episode for you monster blood more monster blood is just so useless as an episode i really don't have anything to say to that i don't want to say more to that because for some reason they based it off of nothing all right what's the craziest moment in barking ghost dog Oh, well, I mean, you know, the fact that it's a... We should talk about this more. It's a ghost dog instead of a ghost cat. <laughs> do you do you like ghost dog over ghost cat? Or what's your thought, Zach? I think I have to throw it back to you, you know? No, like I said, I found this episode amusing. Yeah, um, yeah, like I said, yeah. it, it comes out of nowhere. Again, the last five minutes comes out of nowhere. And not even really ghost dogs. just kind of more like weird body swapping like again a lot a lot of not really a lot some weird stuff again for that first 15 minutes but it doesn't really sit there hit you over the head with the goosebumpy stuff into the last five six minutes well i i not only do i want to talk about the fact that it's um it's ghost dog over ghost cat i also want to talk about which i mentioned earlier um this this episode is a day for night baby like painfully obvious that they are shooting day for night right yes especially in that first like opening two three minutes oh the first two three minutes with the pirates but also the the um later scene uh when uh, i think they find the uh the changing tree as they call it you know before they swap dog bodies the type of thing day for night is really really bad i guess i have to say you know <laughs> It's very transparent as to what you're trying to do. Absolutely transparent. Um, so I guess then my, my final thought would be, um, do you like uh, Ghost Cat or Ghost Dog? Rob, how can we ever, ever not appreciate? It's funny. I was watching America's like Haunted, whatever it was called, Home Videos, uh, America, the, like a couple weeks ago. America's and Haunted America? Is that what you just said? Some, something like that. America's Haunted America, which is literally what where Ghost Cat lives. He lives in America's Haunted America. 
I I go to that Wikipedia page for the ghost cat like once every six days. It it kind of cat it kind over, like, of is my favorite wall. Wikipedia page of all time. <laughs> I still have it screenshot on my phone. Like it it's it will be memorialized forever. It's delightful. It's like I said, Ghost Cat, another one of those things where uh deliciously macabre. No, I, I still to this day uh would like to wake up out of nowhere by a cat so close to my face I think it's a giant. That's all and you, you I can get want, out of work man. as well. Goosebumps. You're beautiful. So, yes, you are correct. Questions for me, cinemas and late night, it's the same thing I say every year, only in October. I don't watch Goosebumps other than you make me watch it or in October. So what do you think this year on Goosebumps? I'd have to say yes. Like I I said, it's a weird thing. I I guess it's Patty Hearst syndrome where now I've just been so engrossed in it. I don't know any better. So, yeah, I'm going to put down just Patty Hearst syndrome in in the spreadsheet. Why do you yell at me for making such obscure references and then you say Patty Hearst syndrome? (laughs) What the fuck, Zach? Okay, like, why am I the bad guy for making weird references and then this becomes Patty Hearst syndrome? What is wrong with you? (laughs) Hey, man, you got to do something to spice up the conversation after doing the same topic for five years. I don't have many snacks. Let me just uh, put them in there. I would love uh, one pocket marshmallows from Camp Nightmare because one of our characters pulls out a marshmallow from his pocket. From the second episode, more monster blood, I want to talk about papaya, uh, sorry, parsnip juice and tofu. I think that's a, a good combination. And then lastly, uh, late night grape juice. Because there is a moment, I'm pretty sure, in our third episode from uh, The Barking Dog where they talk about, like, I told you not to drink grape juice late at night. It gives you nightmares, that type of thing. Fascinating to me. I want to ask. (laughs) For my snack, obviously I want the turnip juice. But I want to know whatever the prop master used to make it on set. Because, like, it's like it looks like a combination of, like, watery Hawaiian punch in someone's snot. Oh, yeah. And the, I want the that color as a drink. fascinating, right? No, I, but what are the chunks? What do you think the chunks are? There were chunks? I didn't even pick up on chunks. There's chunks. Well, because, Rob, you couldn't... Jack just exhaled so hard, it was offensive to me. And Zach went, you didn't see the... <sighs> you know, that's basically what you did right there. No, I did not see the chunks because... I don't know what a pixel is when I watch Goosebumps, okay? That's the problem, is that he probably just saw a bunch of bumps, and he's like, I guess? <laughs> he pours it out of the thermos, and there are legit, like, oh, God, like, oh, God, like, I don't even know how you describe it. Like, cereal-sized pieces that come out. I like the idea of, like, wrapping a snake in a blanket, like, I feel like we can definitely do something at the restaurant when it comes to that. Like, I feel like – I don't know what you would do. Maybe that's how we get, like, new tableware. Like, it's like, oh, we need a new tablecloth to this table and legit there's, like, a snake in the middle of the tablecloth. Did you like the fact that they, like, whipped the blanket around to wrap it up harder? Did you notice that? Oh, Where yeah. They... Oh, definitely. Dude, that is, that is fucking great. <laughs> there's some nice technique there. Nice technique. I will say also, speaking of just uh, the plane from uh, More Monster Blood, do we have an official airline of uh, the Cinemati's restaurant? Oh, maybe? I'm, I'm sure we had to talk about 
It sounds similar or familiar, but I'm not really picking it up. But no, that's it for snacks for me. Okay, that's fine. Um, yeah, I didn't have too many snacks either. So uh, would you like to, Zach, talk about what we're doing for the rest of this month in Monstober, since this is our soft opening of Monstober? It, for the rest of the month, it's going to be a lot of Halloween. Let's just put it that way, in true Monstober fashion. But no, okay, Rob, so just Goosebumps uh, theme in reverse? Absolutely. Thank <laughs> you.